for me i just try to go to the mental side which is the strongest part your mind is the strongest of everything because if your mind isn't there you're not going to achieve what you you need to achieve excellence is about spin and excellence is a requirement for your dream come true Welcome to Unfiltered Athletes. I'm your host, Leo. In this podcast, we go behind the scenes with world-class athletes to reveal the untold stories of their journeys. From grueling training sessions to mental strategies to achieve greatness, get ready for a raw, unfiltered look at the world of sports. In this episode, I talk to Crystal Emmanuel at the Track and Field Center in Toronto, where she was recovering from a hamstring injury at the time of our recording. As the 200-meter Canadian record holder, Crystal is a symbol of perseverance and courage. At 31, she already participated in three Olympics and she's still running for medals and records, aiding the upcoming World Championships and the 2024 Paris Olympics. She's also opening up on her childhood and the projects she will undertake after her career. And when you talk to Crystal, you understand rapidly why she started running from such a young age. Because my mom would always say, like, if she would tell me to pick up my toys or go um, get something for her, I would run. I'm always running. So she's like, oh, why don't we just let her run? Um, so my first memory would be in Barbados at the National Stadium. Okay, how old were you at the time? I was six. And you were already competing uh, at six? For fun. Okay. So like just at school or like playing with friends in the neighborhood and stuff, like I would just run around for fun. <laughs> okay, there is a there seems to be a trend in the sprinter category of people saying I remember the first time I ran for something was for an ice cream or a candy <laughs> or something. Was it also your case? Uh no. I think my first running experience was I would say uh my mom we were at the mall and my mom was like where is crystal like me and my brother are like in the mall you're in a store and things are bigger than you so you're exploring and my mom's like calling me and i was just in the mall in the store in the mall and i ran to her and she's like you're always running <laughs> so i wasn't really running for anything i was more running because my mom was calling me because it's just faster to get yeah, from a to faster, b <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> do you still do that on your daily life What? did you get here oh no <laughs> okay. no no okay you, you one now? thing about me i am not running anywhere if i don't have to not anymore no not okay anymore. <laughs> since it became your job in a way yes you kind of no more that. running anything okay. long no If I can like do a little jog there and it's not too far, then yeah, you'll get a jog. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you said your mom was into uh, into track, track and field, field or yeah. running. So uh, was she um, competing at the high level? Or yeah, so uh, she made the Carifta Games because she was born in Barbados. The what you said, sorry? Uh, Carifta Games, okay. so it's a Caribbean um, okay. championships. Uh, she made the Carifta team. She didn't um, get to the Olympics, but I gave her that dream and got to three of them <laughs> okay. so um yeah she did track and field uh softball and i believe netball i think she dabbled in a little bit um back in the day and then my dad is also was a bodybuilder okay nice so yeah. you had kind of a history family of getting into sports Sport. so you you jumped into it right yes. away <laughs> um how soon did you realize you had like uh high level or it could be more than just uh, running for fun or because it's the fastest way from you know, <laughs> to get from A to B? Uh, I would say at school in Barbados, they have um, inter-school sports and then they have school sports like house sports. Um, and I just 
my mom was like, yeah, let's let's do it. Um, and I started in Barbados at primary school. Uh, so it was like house sports. And my mom just realized that I was really good at track and field. I tried other sports and I realized I wasn't that good. So I stuck to track and field. Um, and my mom just kept pushing me and my family. Okay. And is Barbados known for you know, being the source of talent in, in track and field? Because it's a small... Uh, country yeah so um yeah is, is there a history of track and field there yeah like uh track and field is huge in barbados you know um there's uh track and field and cricket that is kind of big in in barbados um but yeah they have a huge um support team in barbados for track and field you know that's where i started and where i found my talent so there's mm -hmm. a lot of talent in barbados Awesome. And so what uh, what type of student were you yeah. uh, in school and uh, did uh, track was track and field the, your number one goal since the beginning or did you have to kind of stay in your uh, in your studies as well? Um, yeah. So unfortunately, I'm not a school person. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I'm not really a school person. So uh, track and field, I'll say, saved me in a way. Um, I wouldn't say I hate school, but I don't like to go to school. You don't have passion. Yeah. No, no passion. <laughs> passion in track. <laughs> okay um so you said barbados you start competing um when did you move back to canada and did you move back to canada for because you know you had better training centers and, and more uh, opportunities or or was this more like a family move uh, to bring you here yeah so unfortunately my mom got sick um and had a stroke and she found out that she had cancer thyroid okay. cancer so she moved back and i stayed in barbados for two more years and then i came to barbados i'm um, sorry to toronto um when i was around 15. okay so it was more of like a family move okay um more say okay but uh i got into track through that blessing of coming back okay Okay, so <laughs> good things come out of uh, bad yeah. things. Uh, so did you come here directly in Toronto? Yes, yeah, so I moved straight to Toronto. Okay, so here we're today at the Track and Field Center in Toronto, which is, if I understand correctly, one of the three national uh, track and field centers in, in Canada. Yeah. Uh, did you start training uh, here right away? Or no. did you start uh, <laughs> with other more provincial or local uh, places? Yeah, no. So I started with a local club, uh, Toronto Track and Field Club. Okay. And then I moved to Flying Angels Academy. So I started locally. Uh, there was no hub at the time, okay. um, well, that I knew of. Um, so as I climbed the ladder in, in Canada, um, that's when I started realizing that uh, track and field is bigger than I thought it was. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I started locally with uh, local clubs, and then I went to the national level. Okay, and when did you get into the national level? I was... I want to say 17. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And at this point, you start training for the with the Olympics in mind or? or no. Okay. <laughs> um, how does that, how does this so go? So I started training. I didn't really know much about the Olympics at that time. Well, when I was in Barbados, I was just running for fun. Mm -hmm. And then I knew into school sports and house sports. And mm -hmm. then when I came here, I heard of like world championships and the Olympics afterwards. Okay. So at 17, I was running for team canada at uh pan am juniors okay so that was my first team um that i made when i moved in 09 so my first team was 09 okay okay and um 
Yeah, did you specialize early on into, I think you were in more of a 200 meter person uh, or 100 meter as well, but it's these are like the two biggest sprint categories. Above that, you go to 400, yeah. which is slightly no. different. <laughs> <laughs> which, yeah, no, yeah, too long? Yeah, 400? too okay. long, but... Um, yeah, when, when did you uh, uh, know or um, figured out that you were more of a you know, sprint person and why specializing in 200 meters? Because I guess you run the curves better than others yeah so i my specialty for me i would say i love the 100 um but a lot of people say your best event is a 200 which i do believe it but i don't like it <laughs> um, i'm starting to love it now um but when i was growing up i would always hear my dad bragging about how well i run a 200 and he loves to see me run the turn so i was like am i really that good at the 200 <laughs> um so i just basically picked up both so if i do the 100 i might as well do the 200 and see mm -hmm. how well it goes and it went pretty well <laughs> okay so you you it was more of a i'm better at it so i'll just do it even though i would prefer <laughs> I don't like it. and, yeah. and th there, are, there are also more spotlights on the 100 meter which is kind of the the king or queen categories yeah. in, in track and field in a way um so yeah what uh I guess at some point when you said 17, when you get into the national team, it becomes your full uh, time job or activity. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is your schedule? Like? How do you, uh, what's your training like and uh, your local uh, place at the beginning, then getting here in, uh, in the national center? What, what do you, uh, what is a week like for you? Uh, yeah. So I trained in Toronto for 14 years. Um, and then I decided to, go to LA and train with a new group. So okay. my schedule is a bit different. In the past, I would train uh, two, four days a week, one day off well, and weekends. And um, so training with uh, on the track and then in the weight room. And then we will have one day off to do active recovery, which is activation, um, correctives, and then treatment. And uh, just topping up on like what you missed in the week so like exercises mm -hmm. um you know core stuff um but now that i've moved to a new group i train three days a week um with weights in in mind yeah so we do weights and then active recovery and then an actual rest day okay so it's a bit different in the u.s um uh, from what i i'm i known back in the day so my schedule is kind of you know when coach is killing us okay <laughs> and then when we get rest and does that change over the, the the course of your career do you start when you started you know 17 18 do you work on more specific stuff to get to the highest level and then when you kind of you know become a real adult you know <laughs> 25 26 you get into other types of training to either stay at the highest level or improve the small stuff where you now know that you're not the, the best in yeah so for me i think uh i went from 17 until like 25 i was i would say going through the motion like i would listen to what my coach wants me to do okay and then i'm doing it okay, okay. did i do it and then he would tell me if i did it or if i didn't okay and from 25 till now it's like okay i mastered what he's told me from 17 until 25 mm -hmm. and i'm like okay like what do i have to every race is a lesson for me so if i mess up in my transition that's what we're working on for our next race so it's basically like working on I work on what I've missed mm -hmm. and I think it's worked pretty well for me. Nice. <laughs> and so here at the, the track and field center, 
I was impressed when I got in. We do have, well, of course, the outside. I didn't see the inside, but I think there's another track also inside. Yep. Uh, you have um, a gym, and you seem. I, I saw a couple of people also around, so you have staffs also. Staff also. Uh, how many? How big is that? Is that center? And um, did that help you when you got here? Was this like the next level training Olympians? And did you really feel that in the the way? You know, the surroundings, the 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 location, the the people around you. Yeah. So um, from I was here from start to finish, I would say. Okay. Um, before, there was no center. Um, and then it grew over time where there was a little center in uh, York University. Mm -hmm. And then as things got bigger and they realized that there's talent, um, they built a bigger East Hub in Toronto at York University. And I think that helped. Like, I grew along the way, um, seeing that, you know, we have people that actually care about us, that want to see us um, succeed, mm -hmm. get to the Olympics, you know, even make a final and, and get to the podium. So, yeah, it really helped me um, in terms of having all the support that we need. Um, treatment is on hand. You don't have to go looking for it or, like, go through um, a week of, like, pain mm -hmm. or just struggling to find treatment or a good center to um, get you better. Yeah, we have nutrition here as well. Um, you can make smoothies, like after training, nice. proteins, um, ice tubs. So I think having a hub and the support that we have in um, York, I think is really well to get other athletes to um, set their goals high. Mm -hmm. yeah. And how many of you guys are in, in or training here? Because Toronto and we see here, we have to record inside because it's <laughs> whatever, it's four outside and it, we're early made. So do you mostly train inside in the winter or do you guys travel? You mentioned uh, California, which where you probably have better weather, <laughs> but you know, you have to train all year round. Um, so how do you cope with that? Do you travel or do you use the, the indoor here? Yeah. So when winter time, they set up uh, what we called uh, warm weather training camps. Okay. So we have in Grenada. Florida and LSU are the camps that we usually hold for uh, winter times mm -hmm. when it's too cold and there's snow outside. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then also we train inside. Okay. And indoors. let's say a day like today, would you train outside when it's four or? <laughs> <laughs> I would like to say no, but my coach would be like, oh, it's not that Just bundle up. Just bundle up. <laughs> Does that train your body on a different way? Is it better or is it just you, you, you'll get a cold? Because it, it's not only cold, it's also like the, the track is just completely wet. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's not necessarily the best. Yeah. Place. So if it's cold, like if it's not too cold, but you can like bear it, like bundle mm -hmm. up and bear it. Um, I would say it would mentally train you. Okay. Um, because usually when we go to Europe to compete, it's usually either nice or it's cold. Okay. So I would say it mentally prepares me because I don't like the cold at all. Like okay. I'm more of a summer and Caribbean <laughs> girl. So for the Barbados. Yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> um, so for me, I think it trains me mentally. Okay. Do you have many races where it's really like a day like today and does it really change your performance? I guess it does. Some people like the cold and like hot but on your body necessarily has an impact on you know how you train how you prepare how you uh, warm up and all that yeah so um i'm yeah i'm a sprinter so we mostly like the hot okay. <laughs> um yeah. for weather like this i don't think some i some people perform at any level like if it's cold if it's hot you know and then there's some that don't like the cold and your body doesn't really respond. I think I'm more of a don't you respond you in the cold. Call in sick. You'll call in sick that <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah, <laughs> I'm calling it. I'm like, yeah, I can't come in today. But um, <laughs> if I warm up really well, 
and I can get my body temperature up, then I think my body will respond in the cold because it's already like warmed up really well. But if it's already cold and I have to warm up outside, mm -hmm. then yeah, we, we we're calling it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, how many um or Canadian athletes or I would say Olympians are here? I'm w right now watching a big list here <laughs> with lots of names that you know from the news and other names that are not so popular and yeah. on the right side it might be paralympics uh yeah so it's there seem to be lots of people are they all training here or is it, is it the national team and like a third of them are training here um yeah so if you're from toronto like if you're in the high performance uh program with athletics canada um so you can come to the hub i'm not sure how many train um here but If you're a high performance, you can come to the hub oh, and you train. Ha you have an access here. here you yeah. have an access in, in Montreal. You have an access in Victoria, I think. Yeah. Okay. You have just over access. You don't have to come to a specific. Yeah. You, just you don't have to. Okay. Yeah. So wherever you're from, you have access. Okay. Interesting. Um, is this your favorite one in, in Canada? I or have only been to one. And oh, yeah? Toronto is the only one. Why not Victoria? If you like the good weather better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I haven't been to the other hubs. So I can't pick. Okay. So I'm gonna say to Toronto Montreal. is okay. my favorite because that's the only <laughs> one I've one. been to. <laughs> Out of one is the <laughs> Out best. Out of one is the best. <laughs> um, and LA, when, when, where do you train in uh, in LA? Uh, South Pasadena, so California. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do they have like another high level or high? What's the? No. So I moved with a new group. So okay. it's a new coach. Um, he trains out of LA. And when was that? The, the, This the was move? October, uh, 2022. Okay. Okay. So you went there for the winter period, and now you're back here. Or no. So I trained there all oh, year. You yeah. Still so my there. career is taking me to LA. Okay. Okay. So now yeah. you're you're here today, just vacation yeah. or? Yeah. So I'm here for. Unfortunately, I got injured. Oh. So okay. I just came home to get um a little treatment, treatment okay. get fixed up, and then I'm back to LA. Okay. What's the injury? Uh, hamstring. Okay. I tore my hamstring. Oh, that's not fun. Yeah, when exactly. when will you be back? Uh, so that happened in February. Okay. Yeah. So I'm healthy right now. Um, so I just came for the period to get healthy, mm -hmm. and then I go back. Okay. And start training again. Okay. Let's talk about injuries. Is that well? I guess it's not the first one in your career. Mm -hmm. uh, but how do you cope with that? Because you're a high level athlete, and you perform. You have to perform in a way every day or train every day. What happens when you get injured and you have, you know, the 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 doctor telling you you'll have two, three months of, you know, recovery and stuff like that? What, and it, it goes into more of the mental health uh, of the the athletes. Yeah, what goes through your mind when you hear that, and how do you stay motivated to, you know, first of all recover and then you know get back to the highest level and then keep going uh, for preparation for uh, the Olympics, the world, and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So my because my recent recent injury. Um, I can speak highly on that. Okay. <laughs> um, so for me, uh, that plays into the mental part, and that's where you have to be mentally strong. Um, you know, have your support system around you uh, to help you get through that uh, part of the sport. Because mm -hmm. that's the I would say for me that's the hardest part. Because one minute you're on the level like, oh, I'm going towards a PB or I'm going to make the world's team or the Olympics team. And then something tragic happens yeah. and then you don't know what to do. But for me, I basically lean on the people that care the most and my support system and try not to overthink. I'm a big overthinker. <laughs> it's, it's funny because in my prep, I just have one <laughs> quote from you. And it's I'm a strong overthinker. Yep. So it, it goes here. <laughs> yep. So um, for me, I just try to, go to the mental side which is the strongest part your mind is the strongest 
of everything because if your mind isn't there you're not going to achieve what you you need to achieve so i just go back to what my goals are and um try to focus more on the rehab and what i want the outcome to be Mm -hmm. and that's still a part of training like there's an outcome which is get healthy and get back racing so i just um see myself where i want to be after my injury and then keep just m- mentally preparing for what my outcome is going to be after the mm-hmm. injury. Okay. It's like, uh, uh, what's the word for that? Um, yeah. When you say I'm going to get it, visualize it, you visualize yeah. already that you'll be whatever in, in, in Paris next year or something. And yeah. it's, it's the only thing driving you in a way. Yeah. Um, and also read, I think it was from a coach uh, of yours that you had, it was also around the mental approach to racing that you were, having great starts and then when you reach your top speed after whatever 40 meters or 50 meters i'm not a technical yeah. <laughs> person um you had a tendency to not be able to keep your top speed uh, after a certain threshold and it, it you kind of realized that it was more of a mental uh approach or issue more than pure physical strength um yeah can you, you know, walk us through that and how you came to the realization and how you, you fixed it yeah uh so i would get out in a race And then in between my uh, between my phases, I would once I'm out of my dry phase and I'm coming out of my transition, that's where I get stuck because I'm like, where is every if I'm more towards the front, I'm looking for people. Mm-hmm. Why am I doing that there? I'm trying to get to the finish mm-hmm. line. And why am I looking for people? Yeah. So I just thought it was like, okay, like there's something wrong with my brain. Like, why are you looking back there? You're already at the front. Just keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically I sat down and pictured myself not looking back and not like physically turning my head, but subconsciously I'm looking back there. Mm-hmm. So I just took the time to mentally like visualize and um, ask myself why, what's the reason you're looking back? Mm-hmm. And I just you know, worked with my coach and we talked about like mentally, you know, why are you back there and what do we want at the front? What your quotes are for the, for the end of the race? How do we, how do we get to the finish line before my mind looks back? Okay. Okay. So uh, keeping your mind focused for like 11 seconds or 22 seconds and not only 12 seconds on the the 200 meters or something. (laughs) So just for the technical aspect, what are the different phases in in a race, whether it's a 100 or 200? Yeah, for me, uh, so there's my drive phase and then the transition and then top end. Okay. So those are my three. So what we'll, we'll qualify mm-hmm. them? What, what, do, they, what do, they, do they mean each? I don't tell my secrets. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's basically secrets. the start, the moment you kind of are up top speed and then keeping the top speed in yeah. a way. It's, it's the, the transition. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, it was that technical in the kind of cat secret. So, okay, we'll keep the secret. You'll tell me off, uh, off, yeah, yeah. off record because I don't run or. Except when yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm chased. Um, cool. And so did you uh, end up um, finding the, the solution? And did you race since uh, since you know, finding those solutions and uh, being more focused for those 22, 23 seconds? Yeah. So last year, my last race was my fastest race okay. uh, because I was dealing with some injuries and then also mental, um, some mental stuff. Uh, so my last race, I just focused on myself. Mm-hmm. Like, My competition was there, but they were there to help me. And I just stayed in my lane, and I knew what my phases were, and I just hit my phases, and I ran my fastest. 
And is your is your brain actually the does your brain have time to process stuff in 20 seconds? It goes so fast and you also have to be focused specifically on your phases. Yeah, do you have time to think or is it just, a, are you so prepared that you're, it's, a, you know, it's a song just repeating and, and you just, you know, you kind of unplug the brain because it just operates on its own? Yeah, uh, my best race is when I come back to my coach and I say, I do not know what happened. <laughs> like, it's like you can recall Yeah, I can't tell you what I did, but okay. I did it. Okay. Um, and then my okay races are where I'm in the race and I'm like, okay, what do I do next? <laughs> like okay. I'm actually conscious of what's happening. Yeah. And you can remember afterwards thinking about, oh, yeah. like a wrong step or this or looking or seeing something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. And do you, did you, uh, have other races since then where you kind of are able to, you know, be out of the world and and just do the race or do you still come back sometimes to the old habits and it's still a work in progress yeah so it's still a little work in progress i think i'm i'm getting there um but my last race was a pretty good one i could tell my coach what i did because i wanted to mm -hmm. so i was conscious because i wanted it to be but i hit my phases i knew every step i i had was a good one um and that's how the outcome of my fastest of the season happened And then now my first race with a new coach, um, I was in and out because <laughs> okay. I got injured in that race. So I was in and out, but I was on route to run a PB. So when was that, that? Was in sad. the end of last year? Uh, no, February. Year? Oh, yeah. This year. So yeah, when you so injured, okay, okay, yeah, okay, I got injured. <laughs> and, and so when's the next race? I want to watch it. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, not I'm still know. I'm still working on my hamstring. Um, you know, I have to get into spikes, see how fast I can go and then get back to high speed running. Okay. So what are the next uh, objectives in the season? There are the world in uh, Europe. Yeah. yeah. The world's in Europe in uh, August, September, yeah. uh, and August. then Paris naturally. So, but out of this, there are also there's the the Diamond League. There are yeah. other events. So, yeah, what is kind of what are you looking to looking towards now? Yeah, so I'm looking towards like some competitions, which are the Diamond Leagues, um, World Challenges, and then we have Worlds, Pan Ams, and I also have Nationals. Okay, so the the Pan Ams. What exactly are they? Is this North America plus uh, or full all the American counties? Yeah, yeah. So, so north and south? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And is this a yearly event or no. yearly? Um, is it two years or three years? You know, I don't Three know. years would be uh, weird. Yeah. Uh, okay, um, anyway. I think it's two. Okay. It's and two. Uh, <laughs> and um, how would you or what is required to qualify for the Worlds, for the Olympics? Uh, let's say as of today, you're still recovering. You'll go back to training, racing, competing. Yeah, yeah, what what you need to achieve is this like a, a specific time, or do you need to you know win a race? What yeah. what is the so, selection process? Um, we have to qualify with a time, and then we have to go to nationals and place top three. Okay, when are the nationals? July twenty sixth to thirtieth, I believe. And where? Uh, Langley, BC. Oh, too far. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would go with too far. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So, how do you feel? Is that something that you? are okay talking about like the, the feeling how do you feel your body your mental to uh and your recovery in order to kind of plan or visualize what's uh, what's coming next yeah so i think uh i'm pretty prepared uh i was uh up and down overthinking about um how i'm feeling like is my hamstring strong enough like a bit nervous about it but you know my coach reassured me that he has a plan and we're gonna follow the plan and i know i'll be ready for nationals and worlds Okay. Um, you've been racing high level for 13 
yeah, plus 14. years. Yeah, long. Plus. so <laughs> it's it's a quite long uh, career so far, and you yeah. still seem to have uh, many years ahead of you. Yep. Um, you're the 200 meter Canadian record holder, if yep. I'm correct. Yes. Are you going to beat that record? Yes. And the 100 meters. <laughs> oh, wow. And what? the 100 meters. <laughs> Are you? Oh, that's yes. awesome. Uh, yeah, so more my question, and it brings to another topic is, um, or slightly different topic, is how do you, what does it take to remain at that level for so long? Because 14 years, it's it seems huge, and mm. you seem so motivated, and mm. you, it's not even, you're not even thinking, it's like, will you beat the record? Yes, is the answer. <laughs> you kind of, you know it, and you manifest it, is the word yes. I was, you, you manifest <laughs> stuff, and how, what does it take to, to stay there i'm thinking lifestyle i'm thinking uh sleep habits i'm thinking diets i'm thinking all of that yeah so it's a very large question but yeah. what does it take to stay motivated and healthy yeah i'll say uh dedication and motivation for me um i it took me cutting out all my bad habits which were <laughs> <laughs> my diet was one um i'm a sweet tooth i love candy like I want cake. I want I want everything sweet. <laughs> um, so for me, I had to sit with my coach and figure out what we need to cut and what we need to add. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we came up with a plan to tackle the mental, the diet, and the body. We had the body down pat. The physical was there. I knew I could I could do it. Um, the mental part is was added to it, and I just had to add the little piece of cutting out candy <laughs> which wasn't hard because i had cheat days i was allowed to cheat i'm very disciplined when it comes to getting ready for competition so if i know i have a competition in a month then i backtrack how far i have to go with my diet and then sit down and think okay i need to cut i have to add more veggies or i need to add more protein into my diet and then mentally i have to take some time out of my day to sit down and visualize myself, um, study um, what I need to do and how I'm going to plan towards my goal at the meet. Okay. And do you have a nutritionist here or wherever you train that helps yeah. you in that, you know, cutting the the, <laughs> the bad stuff and, and eating threat? And what's the, there are cycles, I guess, where you're more strict and then less strict. Yeah. How long before a big event, let's say the world, do you have to get into that mode of a, I, if I want to be, top shape at that moment then i start now is it a month is it two months yeah so we have a nutritionist in the hub that we work with um uh for me because it's it all depends on the schedule if it's i would have to start from nationals going straight to worlds so then that gives me three months okay of strict <laughs> strict diet <laughs> um and then at the end of national uh no sorry yeah so end of nationals i get a little treat nothing too big what do you mean and like a mcdonald's or something no or not like really McDonald's. <laughs> I'm, i'm more of uh like sweets so oh, yeah. i would say like i would get like a cake like um a slice of cake oh, is or it just candy. one and then that's it and that's it oh wow so i'm not allowed <laughs> oh. to go beyond that <laughs> and then after worlds and that's like that's it candy everything i want afterwards for like 24 hours yes. don't even do you want food no i'm good i got my candy <laughs> <laughs> but no i i keep it i keep it very strict until the end of the competition and then i go all out after <laughs> for 24 hours for 24 hours <laughs> <laughs> you sleep you're just yep. lying in I'm bed like in, like, in the, like in the movies and yep, watching with the candy 
the candy wrappers that's me <laughs> um so yeah it, it makes me think also so 13 14 years and let's say 10 more yeah <laughs> um are you considered a professional and it brings to the a question that i like to ask and not spend too much uh, time on is the money question because mm -hmm. you said you, you mentioned dedication yeah. and i've talked to so many athletes that are olympians or medalists at the olympics that have to have a side job even during the whole career in order to make and meet make ends meet pay the bills and all that uh yeah wh what's your kind of situation on, on that you have like sponsors that allow you to just focus on sport or do you also have to do stuff outside in order to you know keep uh Going. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm currently not sponsored by anybody, a uh, free agent, if mm -hmm. anyone's listening. <laughs> um, but yeah, so because of my sp support system, I just basically train all year round. Um, but it's not enough. Like there's always struggles, mm -hmm. but I have a strong support system that always like, you know, can help me out if I need help. Um, side job. Uh, no, I don't. But, uh, but when by support system, you mean like fundings by government or the at track and field federation or yeah stuff so like uh some we get uh sponsored by basically athletics canada so we get funding and stuff uh from the government as well and um then you have like side stuff so i'm also sponsored by clean athlete and then yo socks okay. so they help out with Uh, a few stuff like my supplements and stuff are from clean athlete okay and uh you know i have a few people that help me out like family and friends okay well that's all i say for the, yeah. the money <laughs> question but i think it's very important for people and listeners that you'll see athletes yeah. on tv especially at the olympics because everybody watches the olympics yeah you see people running and you think yeah those guys are doing that full-time or guys yeah. and girls They do that full time, yes, but they don't do that for the money, and it's the the grit, the determination. And I yeah. saw a couple <laughs> quotes in your gym here that were, you know, pretty self-explanatory. That you do that because you, you know, you sweat, you, uh, you know, cries and tears and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But you do it because you just want to achieve excellence or greatness in a specific, very specific field, and you're the best amongst the best in the world. But it's not for the money. It's yeah. not. <laughs> it's not like an entrepreneur who builds a company to make money off of it and stuff like that. It's really. You want to be the best, and you want you know to be at the top of the world, but yep. it's not it's not a m money bet. Yeah, uh, I think it's it's very important yeah. for people that like sports to understand that maybe 10% of the people you see at the Olympics live off the sports yeah. or comfortably. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think it's something important to mention. Yeah, parenthesis closed. Um, do you have like a free agent? Do you have an agent, or do you have people helping in the more like the representation, getting the fundings, uh, getting your uh, your Um, you know, people with supplements and all that helping you? Yeah, so uh, I have an agent. So I have a race agent. Uh, right now, I'm currently looking for a marketing agent to get me out there. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, race agent, does that, does, it's the person that uh, contacts the Diamond League events and stuff like that to get you registered? Into races, yeah. So okay. he basically um, looks out for meets, uh, gets uh, requests for me to get to meets and stuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so <coughs> how many years do you... Plan on going? <laughs> yeah, or uh, plan to keep going. Do you want to beat records for and stuff like that? Um, still, do you still think you have so in your in you? So every year I want to break records. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so I am going until 2024. And then um, after 2024, it's take each month at a time. Okay. <laughs> so we go 24 and then whatever happens after that. Okay, so you're 31. 31, so you'll <laughs> yeah. be 32. Is yeah. that the age where is 
do you approach it like this because you think you'll reach the physical top and, and it will be hard to stay at the top level or because you'll get bored and you think that's enough and then you know something should come next? No, um, I think for me, I know I have to listen to my body. I know I can keep going as long as my mind tells me to. Mm -hmm. uh, not more of age or, um, yeah, no, not, not really age, but um, I would say, yeah, as long as my body tells me, yeah, I'm good, we can go. <laughs> um, I keep my mind going. Mm -hmm. um, going at it uh, and then I want to start my little family so <laughs> okay. 24 and then we'll have our little our little family and then we'll go each year and mm -hmm. see what happens okay <laughs> um, so yeah what will be next family you mentioned yes. mm -hmm. um, would you would you like to stay in the world of sports or do you think you'll be uh, you'll be somewhere else and doing other stuff mm -hmm. um, yeah so I think for me uh, my coach used to tell me that I'll be a great coach because he's a great mentor. Mm -hmm. um, but I want to build my own children's home. Okay. But I will be in sport still. So if I have to coach um, as well, but I want to also keep young girls in sport. Okay, that's so, my so, so what's, the, what's, the, what's the story behind the children's home? Um, I've been traveling a lot. Like I traveled around the world. I've lived in Barbados, Toronto, and now I'm living in L.A., um, Just hearing in the news, hearing stories about little kids, like, dying, you know, the parents can't take care of them, they're going through abuse, like, and there's not enough, I would say, support around it um, in terms of, like, really, I want to jump into it, more of a, like, dig into, like, why is there so many children on, on the streets, mm -hmm. like, they don't have a home, and, like, there's a lot of struggle in the world of like having kids and I want to take it from a different perspective of helping the women also with children and going teaching them how to be a mother because someone at what 13 14 16 even doesn't know how to be a parent because mm -hmm. they're still children mm -hmm. so if you take them in and teach them okay you're still gonna go to school you're still gonna find a job to teach you how to be a parent but still be a child, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And would that be around here or do you... You're yeah, so we're st I'm still brainstorming. Uh -huh. Maybe have some locations. <laughs> Barbados is one, is a, a huge place for me. Um, that was home before I came back. So Toronto or, well, Canada, I should say, or Barbados. Okay, because do you think there are... I mean, have you witnessed it i would say firsthand or is it more something that you you said you read about or yeah you have, so like, more of close a by that you've, you've kind of uh, been faced with yeah so more of hearing um in the in the news on social media and stuff and then in barbados as well like they're more teen moms more in the caribbean mm -hmm. than and when i when i see that And there are more of like struggles in Barbados, like where they're going to get their next meal. How are they going to teach their son or daughter was right from wrong? Because they are still teenagers themselves. So. Okay. Okay. That's that's a very interesting and interesting approach and, and, and project. And you think your image and, and sports also in general could help in that uh, new endeavor? Uh, you, the fact that people follow you, one, yeah. and the, the fact that, you know, whatever you've learned in sport and the dedication and the, Uh, you know, rigorous process of, of getting better would help like young uh, young uh, women, 13, 14 years old to, uh, you know, take experience from you firsthand. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, I have, I had 
a fair share of my own struggles when I came back. Um, I was uh, bullied in school. You know, I didn't want to be in school because I came back from a, a country that we speak broken English. So a lot of people don't understand mm -hmm. um, the Bajan accent. So I was bullied for that. Um, my first time talking about this. <laughs> okay. But um, I got into an altercation when I first came to Canada. Okay. I got myself in trouble and I was like, okay, this is different. Mm -hmm. um, I was told that I had to either find something to do, like what is, what's my inspiration? And I fell back to track. I was like, okay. I love track. And they told me, okay, well, you find a track club to join and um, go from there. And I would say track saved my life. So I think if I tell my story about how I started, um, like you don't have to, be with your friends, go to the mall. Like I wanted to do that. I wanted to, my mom would always say like you have training and I don't want to go to training because my friends are going to the mall. Like mm -hmm. I want to go to the mall. I want to go to parties, but I have to be disciplined if I want to get to the level I dreamed of getting to. So I think if I tell my story and motivate other young athletes or young girls in sport that, okay, like just stay dedicated for a month, stay dedicated for two months and you'll achieve what you want to achieve. Like just set, set your mind to it and you'll get it. Okay, so in that case, the the whole idea would be around those younger people who, because of their life situation, could easily get into troubles Trouble. or yeah. all the bad stuff like drugs and stuff. Yeah. And you you strongly believe as being an athlete that sport can you know, pull, help those, them, pull those people away, yeah. those people away from from it. So that's uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's an amazing, <laughs> and I think it's it's beautiful to see how sports helps so many can do or can yeah. be applied to so many other topics and help people or pull away people pull people away from all the things that are much easier to fall into to, in yeah. a way <laughs> um cool so thanks for opening up you said first yeah. time mentioning <laughs> that so it's uh yeah uh, happy to 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 be here with you and, and talk about that no uh, on a lighter note you mentioned that you Uh, it's like a no transition question yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to, uh, to cheer things up a bit um, you mentioned that you collect shot glasses from your travel and that you have a specific suitcase for <laughs> My your <Jordan>? sneakers <laughs> I'm looking at your shoes right now which are like polished and yeah. shiny and all uh, and mine are like yeah. just completely dirty so what should I do different yeah, um, yeah so I collect Jordans um, I've kind of step back a little bit not a lot just a little bit uh to focus on um more important stuff investing But, um, yeah. <laughs> somewhere else well yeah. you can build a nice collection that, yeah that's i have worth a lot. <laughs> um i get asked that question a lot like how many shoes do you have i have lost count and mind you i have a pair that i have been looking for for months now and i'm like where are they and i just i don't know what's my fascination about jordans they just just stand out Mm -hmm. They just look at me and say, buy me. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, I like nice things. <laughs> so did you, uh, did you take those, all those shoes to LA or did you leave them here? See, unfortunately, I had to, I had to do it in. So every time I come home for a visit for like a week or something. Home I've is here. Toronto. Oh yeah. Right. So home is Toronto. I would take two pairs and I try to travel in a new pair every time. So every time oh, I travel... Oh, it's a stylish question as yeah. well. Okay. Hey, See? Sorry. I travel in a new pair um, for teams, camps. I try to travel in a new pair of Jordans. 
Sweet. And are they Jordans? <laughs> yes. They are. Oh, yeah. 11s. I didn't see this yeah. <laughs> nice. Not cool. only Jordans. I want to say only Jordans, but mainly Jordans. And Nikes in general. Yeah. Nikes, you know, have Versace, have Balenciagas. Like anything that's nice. That, that I looks think is cool because nice. you have a very nice outfit, yes. like Canada branded <laughs> outfit. Plus, plus my shoes. Y- you see that there is a reflection. Yeah. It's not me like with my <laughs> yellow shoes and my jeans, <laughs> which who doesn't think at all about that? <laughs> um, and the shot glasses. Uh, I think the shot glasses came because they're the easiest thing. Magnets. I do magnets too because my mom is very like bring a magnet bring a magnet like my mom is really a magnet person like I, I I'm more of a shot glass <laughs> I sent a picture yesterday to yeah. my to my mom because we plated a car for my, my company in Ontario yeah. and I sent her a plate a picture of the plate and she's like where's the magnet, magnet. <laughs> like you'll come back you'll go back there I was, like, I was in Belleville Ontario yeah. I'm not sure you want a magnet from there <laughs> uh, but yeah my mom is the same and yeah. she has a whole stuff the in fridge France. is full I'm like she needs two fridges <laughs> for that she changed she put it in the bathroom she put like a magnetic stuff on the wall well, of the bathroom because yeah. she didn't have enough space <laughs> on the fridge anymore because I have two brothers who also travel so yeah. it was way too much <laughs> uh, so yeah do you also collect them at your place here in Toronto yeah so we collect I try to collect magnets everywhere I go for my mom and then <laughs> shot glasses for myself. <laughs> Which you'd never drink out of because you no, cannot. No, unfortunately because, not. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> they're for style. For when guests come over and they're like, oh, where have you been? My shot glasses tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So what's the, what's the place you, you've uh, enjoyed racing the most? Um, I like England. Why? London. No, oh, because of the, the, the atmosphere. The, the yeah, I think I'm more of, I want to say an older, but like I like the structures i like how it is like really architecture and yeah like it's really nice there Mm -hmm. i think yeah england would be mine okay and uh, best memories in uh in the olympics so you went to three i think right yeah Uh, how yeah tell us more about the olympics it goes more on the sport topic yeah (laughs) um i would say 2012 I was in the 200 meters mm-hmm. and I had Shalian Fraser Price in my heat in the 200. And I was like, <gasps> can I do this? I can't do this. I can do this. And like my coach is like, all you have to do is get out and stay running. Just keep running. And I did exactly that. And I was like beside her and I'm running and I'm running. I'm like, <gasps> was she in front or she was in front? Like, okay. So now. good. You know that. You know that. <laughs> well, if she was in the back, you'd be like, I'm like looking, looking back, back. Right, exactly. And it's, that's your, that's your, <laughs> so yeah. I was with her off the turn and coming off the turn to the straight. That's, that was my weakest point. Mm-hmm. So going to the finish line, I made the semifinals um, in 2012. But after the race, my coach knew her and she was like asking, like, who am I? And I was like, ooh, she asked about me? <laughs> A little old me? And um, afterwards, she was like, you're going to be really good. Keep going. And I was like, I was like, what? Me? And then, like, after that, I was just like, if someone so great can tell me to be motivated and keep going, why am I going to give up on myself? And I just, that kind of, that's the memory that stuck with me the most. Like, I was like, she told me, keep going. And I'm here. I'm I'm going. She wasn't saying that just to... For just the sake to of being it. nice, yeah. You know, I like I felt like she said it because she's like, "Yo, like this girl was running with me, like not like she would notice me mm-hmm. running beside her because I'm like she didn't even know who I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's just trying to run her race and that's it. But she noticed like, okay, like this girl could potentially be great, mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, like 
I can take from a legend and be like, yeah, yeah. she's a female that looked at me and said, it, like, keep going. And I was like, yeah. That's good. Yeah, because with ex the experience, she probably, you know, within a couple of seconds could say that, you know, just watching you. Yeah. She probably knows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So 2012, you were 20. Yeah. yeah. I was okay, turning so 20. Okay. Yeah. So, so still, uh, <laughs> still, yeah, <young>. still <laughs> ramping up and uh, yeah, probably it had a, a big impact on you. So yeah. that's, uh, that's awesome. Um, so what can we wish you for the next two years? I think you already said it. The the Olympics yep. will be the highest point and then you'll see after that. Yes. So I have, I right now, we have Worlds, Pan Ams, World Indoors, and then the Olympics. Mm -hmm. uh, those are my, my years. Uh, the Olympics is my biggest one. Uh, I'm trying to make the final uh, in all three events. Which is the hundred, two hundred, and the women's four by one, because mm -hmm. we also I also specialize in that as well. We have the national record. Um, we're trying to bring more, more glory to the four by one. So bringing the four by one women's team to the Olympics and making a final would be great. Yeah, again, you have inspiration from the guys' yes. side. Who are, uh, <laughs> Absolutely, who reach, uh, nice. Well, it's uh, it's a good uh, yeah, it's good buddies to have and, yes. uh, and take the experience. Yeah. Um, if you were to meet the ten-year-old you. When you were still running uh, for fun, in a way, uh, if you had a couple of uh, advice you could give, um, I would tell her to believe in herself um, and not doubt so much. Um, because when I was younger, I doubted myself mm -hmm. a lot. Um, I didn't believe I could reach where I am today. So I would tell her just, you know, believe. Okay, great. <laughs> um, so the two questions I asked uh, usually at the end of the interview. The first one is if I, um, if you were, well, you do the relay. Yeah. So mm -hmm. if you were to pass the baton of the podcast to someone who you think has an interesting uh, mm. story to tell here, uh, who would that person be? Um, I would say Christabel Netty. Okay. Long jump. She does long jump for Canada. I would say her. Okay. Is she based here in Toronto? No. I think she is in the U.S., okay. I believe. Okay, we'll figure a way. Yeah, if you we'll, uh, we'll if you find can. a way. Yes, <laughs> I will find a way. Yes. Or run there. Yeah, <laughs> not run. No, <laughs> no, no running. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't run. <laughs> so actually, I did run last uh, week for like four kilometers. Yeah. And my, I don't know the name of that muscle, which yeah. I didn't Your remember. Your quad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my quad was like burning for five days. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm, taking, I'm taking a few a few weeks <laughs> off now. Yeah. Um, and uh, the last question is, I'm building at my cottage a nice wall of fame yep. with a few gears from the people I interviewed. Yes. Uh, would you have anything um, in your drawers that... Uh, yeah, I have a t-shirt. I can give you my, my t-shirt with Very my signature cool. That's on it. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so nice. Thank you so much. Uh, where should people follow you? I saw you on LinkedIn and yes. I added you. And <laughs> I saw you on Instagram. So yes. yeah, where's the place that people should follow you? Instagram, which is... Uh, you can find me, crystalemmanuel-ie on Instagram and Twitter as well. Crystal Emmanuel, IE on, on Twitter. I think that's it. And then, oh, Facebook. My fan page is Crystal Emmanuel. Okay, perfect. Yes. Uh, thank you so much. Any last word? No, thank you for having me. On thank the you for having me because I'm <laughs> in your training <laughs> <You're> center. So <laughs> yeah. thank you for having me and uh, for having you. Yes. Thank you so much, Crystal. And we'll, uh, we'll follow you and see you break records, yes. 100, 200 meters and get to Paris hopefully. Yes, thank you. Thank you, bye-bye. Thanks, bye. If you're still here, it's probably because you liked the episode, right? 
So, if you want the podcast to grow and get more exceptional athletes, you can play your part by following us on your favorite podcast platform and on Instagram at unfiltered.athletes. It really helps us. And until next time, enjoy life!